0: Make sure you're having that open, honest communication about the finances, about spending. Um, if you're on target with the budgets, you know, budgeting out your vacations. You,
1: you get married, you, you set your house up, you have it all nice and pretty, and then the U-Haul shows up with these difficulties of, you know, either our past or our finances or multiple issues that happen with blended families. Finances just happens to be one of the larger trigger points. Your blended family has a hundred percent chance of success when you do it God's way.
0: We are Blended Kingdom Families, and we want to provide biblical resources to heal and restore families with a message of hope for the next generation.
1: Let's get after it. Hey guys, welcome back to the BKF Podcast. We are so excited that you're here with us today. This is going to be an incredible episode. If you haven't already, take an opportunity, like, share, comment, leave us a review, send us an email. We would love to hear from you. Today, we're going to be talking about money.
0: We talk about money, and we're in a series. Yes. So, uh, the week before last, we started off with yeah. part one, yeah. where Scott, you, it was just you by yourself, and you were talking about finances and blended families. You left me. I left you, but y'all, I was really sick. I think you were sick. That I day. was really yeah. sick and had lost my voice. So, yeah. I Scott was on solo that day, but, um, no, today we're going to be talking about, um, finances and blending your family, like beginning to blend and then after you blend and, you know, just some measures that you can take in that process, um, because we experience, being therapist and yeah. counseling a lot of blended families, this yeah. is a huge source of contention. Yeah. And it typically happens after they've already blended. Yeah. And there's a lot of resentment built up in between between spouses. Yeah. And it causes, um, unfortunately, it is one of the factors that cause a lot of second yeah. marriages to fail.
1: Yeah, it, it, you know, we were laughing before we started filming, you know, our situation was uh, not great when we got married. No, uh, I was uh, a professional student and a professionally in debt student.
0: Yes, uh,
1: to, to a high six figure degree. Yes, um, and and really, you know, finances finances finances. I'm going to say that right. Had not been a real focus of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't something that I was highly focused on. So I wasn't really prepared in that. Yeah. In that. In that since when we got married.
0: Well, and I came from the opposite. So my mom um, has always been great at finances. She was a a branch bank manager for years. Um, She, when she works for, she's a constable, but for a while she did the county's books and Finances. And so she was very just um, money conscious, very smart with money, great credit score. And yeah. so she taught me from a very young age the importance of finances, the importance of good credit, the importance of a budget, a payment plan. I knew how to balance a checkbook yeah. like at a very young age in high school. And yeah. so um, when you and I got married, I had just, I was about a year debt-free. I had, after coming out of my first marriage, Mm -hmm. I had acquired a lot of debt and it took me a very, I I don't want to say a long time. Mm -hmm. It took me a little over a year and I had to work a lot with my mom. My mom helped me a lot with that, but I was living in my parents' home, um, was working two and three jobs to get out of debt. And so I was debt-free car paid off. I mean, everything, no student loans, Scott and I get married, and wait, wait, I walk before, in...
1: Let me say this before that. We didn't really... I mean, in the dating when we were dating, we never had that conversation. No. This is not when you bring up like, hey, I really like you, Um, but can you tell me uh, your credit score and how much debt you have so yeah. I know what I'm getting into? Yeah. You just don't have those conversations.
0: I had no idea what yeah. I was getting into, but I mean, I knew, we had the basic conversations of like, I knew yeah. you had a very stable job. Yeah. You know, at the time, you were financially taking care of your parents yeah. because they're elderly. Yeah. And so, you know, we knew that much, yeah. you know, but yeah, as far as debt, no. And I, I, I remember us having the conversation and getting those, um, when we started to get the, the bills in for your student loans, I, I mean, it was a, it was a trigger for me because, yeah. um, I also came from a previous marriage where finances were very yeah. hard. And yeah. so, um, so coming into our marriage, you know, and seeing that I was like, "Oh my gosh, what is going on?" And I remember having a conversation with Scott, and being in debt just was not a big deal to him, and it was a huge deal to me. So it, it became a source of contention for a little bit. But we also developed a plan to pay off that student yeah. loan debt, which I can now say oh, we yeah. stu- student loan debt-free. It's all
1: done now. It's all done now. We, we, we took care of these issues.
0: Yeah, but the point is, is we did not have those conversations. Go going into our marriage. Um, And after we were married, you know, again, it did cause some resentment. It caused um, some uneasiness. It caused, there was a lack of trust in, Mm -hmm. in, in, and finances between that. And so it really took some intentional intentionality Mm -hmm. for us one to build that foundation and really come up with a plan Mm -hmm. for budgeting and, you know, for, um, child support that was coming in for Michael, what we were going to do with that. You know, we also talked about, um, Mm -hmm. you know, college savings for each of the boys and what that was going to look like. And, and it was, I will say this, it was, it was a difficult conversation After the fact of getting married, I think if we would have had these conversations before, um, we would have been a lot better prepared. And it could have caused just less, I I don't want to say the word chaos, but, you know, less contention.
1: Well, we've talked about this, uh, you know, again, multiple times. You you get married, you you set your house up, you have it all nice and pretty. And then the U-Haul shows up with these difficulties of, you know, either our past or yeah. our finances or multiple issues that happen with blended families. Finances just happens to be one of the larger trigger points. Yeah. And and again, we were different. We were different You know, in the sense that she was very anti-debt. I was very comfortable in the ability to take care of this. So mm-hmm. it took some uh, time for us to just say, okay, let's just get on the same page, make yeah. sure that your plan and my plan are working. It wasn't like we, we, we saw this and we're like, oh, we can't make it through it. It was... Yeah. Oh my gosh, how are we going to get through this and let's get together and make sure that happens. And I think we see that a lot in blended families is mm-hmm. you know, you're blinded by love and you get into this marriage and then all of a sudden, you know, our situation with student loans uh, and and that was that was part of, you know, our story. A lot of people it's hey, we have this, you know, uh, child support payment that you've really never thought of.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but now it's our responsibility. And oh, by the way, if something happens and, you know, I have a job change or, you know, now your income also supports that. Yeah. Um. So I have counseled countless blended families that that has become, it, it's like a thorn yeah. that they don't like to talk about, but mm-hmm. readily affects every area, area of their marriage. And it all comes down to finances. Yeah. So, how is the best way? I, I want to approach this. If 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 you're newly blended mm-hmm. and you've not had these conversations, and, and trust me, I know it's not you know the attractive thing to bring up. Yeah, you know it's not like you're you're saying, hey, let's sit down because it could be a trigger for the other person too. Sure. they don't want to talk about it. Nobody wants to air their dirty laundry and 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 make that you know public. But how do you start having these conversations in a way that you can be constructive?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you know first start off. You know, and being prayerful about your finances. But I think if you're beginning to blend, you know, just laying it all out on the table. Mm -hmm. We don't want to hide anything. We don't want to hide any financial struggles that we've had, because if that comes up later on, man, that is going to cause a huge Mm -hmm. bomb, so to speak, to go off in your marriage. And it's going to cause, it it can cause a wedge between you and your spouse, experience of lack of trust. Are they going to be able to trust you with finances? Mm -hmm. So again, I think just being completely honest and vulnerable and laying it out on the table talking about if you have any debt um things like that talking about what your child support payments um are and you know what are your thoughts about where that goes or how you know that's distributed you know Mm. there's there's a lot of different ways that you can do that i know for us um we started a savings account and just started putting that money in there for michael you know and and the other thing that we encountered too was that we we were receiving child support from his dad but also you know you as as the new step parent you know you were all in with michael you paid for school things you paid and there was no like this yeah. or that like you just stepped into it fully and so i think you know that 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 was another plus and it and it helped to make um, it helped to make it a lot smoother mm-hmm. and easier. And it also, I think, as a biological parent, it put a lot at ease and rest for me because then I wasn't having to worry about, oh, well, Scott paid this, his dad paid this and this. And it was, you know, um, you know, when we came together as one in our marriage, our finances came mm-hmm. together. But yeah. it really just took strategy of how we were going to do that, especially, um, you know, when it came to the child support and things like that.
1: Yeah, you know, and, and you're absolutely right. The all-in perspective is... It's what I suggest. I mean, it's definitely what I prescribe because there's a different mentality when you're all in versus you're half in. And you brought up a couple of things, and I just want to highlight them because these are trigger points in blended families. Uh, one side of it is is if you're receiving child support. I right. think that's the maybe the easier side of this. Sure, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that I've seen less problems accumulate. And I think there's some organization that you can do. And I also think there's some communication that you can do to the other parent. Because what I see is the animosity that builds up when one one parent is paying child support but doesn't really understand where that support is going. Or
0: maybe the other parent is abusing that 100%. child support and not using it for the child. 100%.
1: Yeah. And, and that's why I want to encourage good co-parent communication when that happens. The other side of it is when you're paying child support and maybe you don't agree with how it's being spent or it's becoming a financial hardship now for maybe your other children. And so animosity starts building in those. So you were absolutely correct. First of all, just coming to a cohesion and that this is our situation now. This yeah. used to be mine, but now we're married and it's ours. Yeah. So I don't pay child support. We pay child support. Right, And making sure that you're on the same page when it comes to that and how the money is being spent or the lack of knowledge of how it's being spent. Because sometimes yeah. that other co-parent is not going to communicate with you, hey, we had to buy X, Y, and Z, and this yeah. is you know, kind of what happened. Yeah. So you have to be okay with not knowing that or coming into agreement with not knowing that.
0: Yeah, and I think one thing I just want to add is just not including the children on the financial mm. issues or struggles. Um, that will cause such a burden on them such a heaviness you know especially like if one parent or one household has a very different income versus the other and mm-hmm. you know and maybe they're struggling in a season, you know, just not um, feeding into that or talking negatively about them, mm-hmm. but also just not involving them in the finances. Even if your family is, is you know, you're you're very financially stable. Um, I think we have to be very careful mm-hmm. with our words and what we say. And, you guys, if you see that your co-parent is in a struggling season financially – Man, again, extend that olive branch. Maybe offer some help or just say, hey, I've got school supplies this year. Don't worry about it. Or, hey, I'm going to get the school closed this year. You know, you can pay Mm -hmm. for the sports later on down the road. Like, offering just grace in that situation can go go such a far way. And at the end of the day, I think our heart was always, we just wanted to set Michael up for success. So whether his dad paid for it, we paid for it, we all paid for it together – regardless, we were going to do whatever we could do to set him up for success um, and do it in in the most peaceful and positive way possible.
1: Yeah. Well, I I want to talk, I want to move to a different part of the finances. And, And this is probably the one that is the hardest to come to an agreement on. Yeah. And when I talk about being all in, one of the things that that we talked about early on was, and you got to think about this in perception. So, you know, you're in a blended family, but now you have two other families that are growing and that are changing and that are developing. And sometimes our finance can develop with that. And then you take into account there's other children that are involved. Sure. Now I want to preface this. Because I also know that when you're blending and you have adult children, it could be a little different element. But what I'm talking about is the estate planning. Mm-hmm. And and when I talk about all in, it's that decision that you're making. And I remember it very clearly when we were doing our estate planning that the person who was setting this up said, okay, you have three boys and then you have Michael. Mm-hmm. You want them all to be treated equally. Yeah. And I remember when he said that to me and I went, I kind of paused mm-hmm. and I said, Absolutely, they're all treated equally. Yeah, and again, this was early on. This was, you know, Michael was really young. He would not have known the difference in, in what sure. we're talking about here. But as now he's become older, and he's never really asked me. Yeah. But I have made it clear to him, everybody is treated equally in our family, yeah. regardless of if you are my biological or my stepson. Mm-hmm. And I think that just sets a tone for, especially as adult blended family children, yeah. that like. Okay, I understand that I'm a part of this family. I understand that I am absolutely a part of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then again, as step parent versus biological parent, that's also the bridge that you create with your spouse. Yeah. because again, they're wondering the same thing. yeah They're saying, okay, I brought a child into this marriage and now we have, you know in our case, three others. Are they treated equally in the eyes of finance? Yeah And when you make that decision of absolutely they are, it also creates another bond with your spouse to say, no, we are a family unit, Mm -hmm. regardless of whether they're biological or step parents.
0: Yeah. And you guys f- stay tuned for next week's episode, because we have blended wealth coming on the yeah. podcast, Alexis and Tim Woodard. Um, they are certified in money management, estate mm-hmm. planning, all of that stuff. And so we're going to dive into those like kind of bigger issues of finances when it comes to the estate planning mm-hmm. wills and things like that. Um, and so they're going to talk about those things. So be sure you stay tuned for next week's podcast on that. Um, um, but I want to move this over really quick, Scott, and talk about like the after blending part of it. So, mm-hmm. like after you've already blended, and you know you've been, you know, ch- child support things like that. You know, you've got a budget going mm-hmm. on. What are some good measures to take? Just I would say like even check-ins of like with finances and um, you know who's going to balance the checkbook and all mm-hmm. of those things.
1: Well, the simple answer is is who's ever gifted in that area. Um, I think that again you have a combination of. You know, whether it's technology mm-hmm. or maybe it's the old fashioned checkbook, checkbook balance, I don't know if anybody checkbook. does that anymore. I, I mean, I literally, I don't even think I've written a check, well, it's been a while, mm-hmm. but it doesn't happen very often. So electronically, uh, monitoring expenses. I mean, these are things that you need to have a gifting toward. Um, I mean, we're a firm believer. If, if you're you know if you're in that situation, budgets are great. Budgets are really good. Yeah. Um, Amazon shopping is awesome, except in the sense where it exceeds your budget. Um, so it's very you know we're in a w- different world now. Yeah. So yeah, we can get in those situations where finances can get out of whack. But to answer your question, it's whoever is gifted in that area. Mm-hmm. If it's the husband, great. If mm-hmm. it's the wife, great. Don't make that. You know, it's it's the husband's responsibility. If that's not his gifting, Yeah, that may not be it.
0: Well, and what I would say is if that's the situation, you just need to have communication. So if one person's really great at money management in the family, you know, make sure you're having those weekly check-ins or bi-weekly or monthly mm-hmm. of like, hey, this is where we're on budget, like we're on target, or hey, like we had you know, an extra expense. So-and-so had to go to the doctor or we had an extra sports Mm -hmm. event or something like that. Um, and just make sure that you're having continuous conversations about that. Um, and, and what you're spending, because I think one thing that we often see too, is where Mm -hmm. spouses, um, start to hide financial spending Mm of, Oh, like, I, I bought a purse or I, you know, went on a shopping spree or things like that. So when we start to hide those things that, um, any secrecy like that, you guys, man, that is just, um, an open door for the enemy to come in and cause a wedge and just disunity and distrust in your marriage, especially when it comes to finances. So make sure you're having that open, honest communication about the finances, about spending. Um, if you're on target with the budgets, you know, budgeting out your vacations, all of those things. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I'll tell you another big one is, is budgeting out how much you're spending spending on each child. Mm. I think that comes open a lot more than we think is that, you know, parents maybe spend more money on their biological children than they do their stepchildren. I remember counseling a couple and that was the major issue that was, hey, all of his money goes to his children and Mm -hmm. basically he makes so much more than I do. And I can only spend money on my child, yeah. so again there's this there's this wedge of the enemy that says when it comes to money, it should be separate or we should you know segregate this funds over here or I, it all belongs to me, mm-hmm. and I'm the one who makes makes that money and again, financial intimacy, which is a topic that we cover in our book blended and redeemed it is it is not separate from other levels of intimacy yeah um, so we want to make sure that when it comes to any type of money that we're, it's all on the table. It's all there to be communicated about. There's no secrecy. There's no your account, my account. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really all a blended money situation.
0: Yeah. No, I completely agree.
1: Yeah. So as we wrap up again, next week, we're going to talk about uh, estate planning with blended wealth. And again, I cannot um, highlight this enough. If this is not something you've done, Uh, please take an opportunity to do that. I'm not going to get into the legal ramifications of what that means, but you don't want to be without. So we're going to talk about it, get some great information from Alexis and Tim next week. Uh, So guys, stay tuned. We'll see you next week. You guys have a wonderful, wonderful day.
0: Be blessed in all that you do.
1: Hey guys, so glad you were here with us today and I hope you enjoyed today's episode.
0: And you can find more resources from Blended Kingdom Families at BlendedKingdomFamilies.com. Join us again next time as we hang out with more amazing podcast guests. And remember, nothing will be impossible with God.